Welcome to Mercola Healthy Pets Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and as a part of our 10-year anniversary celebration, I'll be interviewing some pretty amazing colleagues who practice integrative and functional medicine. Starting this week, you can also nominate your vet or a local rescue or an inspiring individual in your community to be the recipient of our new Healthy Pets Game Changer Award. I hope that you'll tune in every day this week to be inspired and educated by passionate healers from around the world. And don't forget to nominate that special someone that you know that has gone above and beyond to help animals. Again, thank you so much for your support. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm so excited that Jody Van Tyne is joining me, a veterinarian from California. She's an integrative veterinarian, and she's helping me celebrate and educate during this Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. So thank you, Dr. Jody, for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you, Karen. And talk to me a little bit about when you graduated from vet school. Did you have, did you have any idea about all of these other resources, uh, 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 ability for animals to to heal and to resonate with different forms of healing. Were you aware of anything that you are doing now? Were you aware of then, or was it kind of a slow metamorphosis of you gaining knowledge as you had difficult cases to solve? I was aware of acupuncture, um, you know, in vet school and personally. I wasn't really aware that it was used at all on animals. Um, when I graduated in 1994, I went to a mixed animal practice. And so it was a little bit of a transition for me to work with the, it's a cow, it's a horse, it's a ranch animal, because I had grown up with personal pets that were family members like children. So that was a bit of a transition for me. And then um, I was there for three years and had an offer in a small animal practice and really liked the idea that I could know more about less rather than try to treat all the different species. Yeah. Um, and it took me a little while there to kind of one thing, start to get bored with just giving antibiotics and ear medications and steroids and, and that. Um, but I also started to feel that it just wasn't a good fit for either me or the animals. There was just a lot of fear and disquiet in that type of a practice. And um, I had a situation with my personal dog in 2004, and that was what really opened my eyes to Eastern and integrative medicine. And was it out of your experience with your own dog, Jody, that you decided to pursue additional training? Uh, or did you, or did you seek did you seek the help of some integrative colleagues at that time to, to help with your dog and then you became interested or how, how did that, how did you, how did you take that next step in your training? So what happened was I had a golden retriever that really had kind of picked me um, in a litter that I uh, helped deliver um, and she developed splenic hemangiosarcoma. Mm -hmm. And so my first thought was get it out. So I went to a specialty practice and had one of the local board certified surgeons do a, a splenectomy. And then the choice was, do I continue with conventional treatment options, which are going to be chemotherapy um, and maybe like prescription types of cancer diets. And I just didn't want to put my dog through that. Um, you know, I've seen what steroids and chemotherapy do and how they make them feel. And you can't really explain to a dog or a cat why we're doing that to them. And so I sought out a local Eastern practitioner and went to her for 
help. Um, and she treated my dog. She suggested, hey, instead of giving it all of the hypoallergenic foods and all of the things, why don't you cook for it? So one of the things I use to treat my dog cancer is food therapy and a whole food diet. Um, we used a lot of herbal medications and medicinal mushrooms. Didn't do a lot of acupuncture. But what I saw with that type of treatment of cancer was um, my dog lost all the extra weight that I'd spent years trying to melt off of her. Her coat got shiny. She was happy. She mm -hmm. developed her little tipper-tapper prance again. And she felt so much better. I don't think I got extra time, but the quality of that time was phenomenal. And I couldn't, I couldn't go back to the way I was treating, hmm. treating animals. Um, hmm. Right after that, uh, that veterinarian actually offered me an associate position, uh, contingent on learning acupuncture. So I took the IVAS acupuncture certification course and started ordering herbal medicines on my own and incorporating that into the practice that I was at until I moved to the Integrative Veterinary Center. Wow. So it really, I, I can only imagine that if your introduction was through your own animal, your own, your own family member, that is profound, it's provocative, and it, it literally shifts your universe as it did. And so when you, you basically kind of jumped in at the practice you were in and mm -hmm. started um, learning more about herbal therapies, are, is that is that the modality that now most resonates with you? Do you are you using a lot of Chinese herbs right now in practice? Well, what I'm finding um, now is that I uh, felt that in order to use herbs well, because it's not conventional, and and people tend to blame the non-conventional medications for side effects and things like that, is. I did go ahead and pursue some advanced coursework through the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies in Chinese herbal medicine. And uh, I, just, um, I just recently moved to another practice um, and I practice integratively. That practice now has another veterinarian who is working on um, board certification in pain management. Mm. So my acupuncture skills are really more useful in that practice. Um, I still have my herbs. I'll never give them up. Um, I don't treat as much with herbal medicine as I did at the previous practice. It's, you know, slowly integrating that into my practice. Um, but what I really have been doing a lot in combination with the acupuncture, and then we have a therapeutic laser there as well, is food therapy and trying to teach people the side effects of feeding their dogs and cats processed foods and processed kibble and trying to make them more aware of a species appropriate diet and the benefits that has on their health and their wellness rather than giving them all of these medications chronically to treat the side effects of processed foods so that's really probably most of what i do actually is food consultations and food therapy and, you know, of course, that's near and dear to my heart. And uh, we're two peas in the pod when it comes to believing food is the foundation of health, but also recovering and healing. But we didn't learn about that in veterinary school. 
And so would you okay. say that um, that's one of the hurdles that you've had to hop uh, it post, post veterinary school, adding to your toolbox a different way of thinking about food, but also incorporating diets that we didn't learn anything about in veterinary school. We didn't learn about how to make fresh food diets or how to provide nutritionally balanced homemade diets. So I, I didn't learn any of that in veterinary school. That's a, that's a big thing to learn after graduation. Do you find that that, that, that is providing any type of um, confrontation or issues with other veterinarians in your area or no? Are veterinarians thankful that they have an integrated practitioner that's interested in whole food therapy and you, now you're a resource where you are referring back and forth with other veterinarians or is there some tension between you and the conventional veterinary community that you're in? Well, one of the hurdles that I've had to jump, if you will, was at the practice um, I was at before. I actually sent letters out to, I don't know, 30 veterinarians in the community, letting them know that I did acupuncture and I got zero referrals. Um, I would call and say, hey, do you know that there's a veterinarian in the area that can do acupuncture? Who do you refer to? And no one referred to me, even after I had sent out the letters. Um, and even within that practice, there was some tension between me recommending a whole food diet, um, me making a, a diet of fresh foods and supplementing it, you know, albeit I'm not a board certified nutritionist and I don't do a really um, specific analysis on the nutrient composition of the foods, um, I could get close. Um, and this, the animals still thrived and enjoyed eating a lot more. And I think the thing that was the biggest asset to me in not really was not promoting it, but I also worked with a local pet food store who was my biggest source of referrals. So yeah. they would come see me for food therapy and nutrition and, um, and those kinds of consultations. And that really has my, was my biggest uh, asset. Yeah. The practice that I'm at now, you know, they knew that I practiced integratively. Um, my contingency was I really need to be able to use food and herbs and acupuncture and the way that I treat, because I can't go back to just conventional. And this practice has actually actively promoted what I do, um, especially the acupuncture. The other veterinarian there was just um, starting another uh, school of, of acupuncture. And so um, I had more experience than she did. So I was able to help in that way. Yeah. Um, and it's a much more cooperative environment. They will refer to me internally for food therapy, um, diet consultations, um, and the clients now also, I think, in this area are asking for that more. So in the clientele, in the practice I'm at currently, um, and maybe it's time has passed as well, they're seeking that out more. Yes. Um, they're seeking out alternative types of treatments. Um, you know, I'm the one that knows about not really so much homeopathy, but, you know, the things that people find online. Um, and so I get internal referrals for that. And then coincidentally, there's another uh, raw food dog and cat health food store that moved into the shopping center. So now I'm getting a lot of referrals from them as well. Yeah. Um, so it's really kind of blossomed in that way. Well, and what's beautiful is it, it sounds to me like the, the people that are passionate about food and understand the power of food 
it, I don't think that's fluke that those are the people that are now part of your biggest referral base is people who understand and want to use food. And that's something that in veterinary medicine, I don't think we were trained to think of food. You know, we were given that list of prescription diets. And once those of us that figured out what was the quality of the raw materials going into prescription diets, much less the high heat and other byproducts of processing, once you understand that it is impossible to go back, but it also can provide an uphill battle when working with our conventionally trained colleagues who don't have that background. So what's awesome is that you've developed a, ref a referral of other people who believe in the power of food, which is beautiful because you, the, the people that are coming to you are looking for food mm -hmm. therapy and that's yeah. your passion. And, and that, is what, that is what you have since figured out from veterinary school is really important to you as a practitioner. That's one of the things that Dr. Aaron Bannock and I talked about in our interview was as doctors, it's just finding out who we are and what resonates with us in terms of how we want to practice and what, what lights the fire in our hearts in terms of being okay. able to serve our, our owners and our, and our patients better. And what's awesome is you figured out serendipitously through your own dog that food was kind of your foundational resonance for what is going to allow you to practice for the rest of your professional life without burning out it sounds like are right. you are you in a place now Jody where you are um, when you said you were a little bit bored in practice I totally get that do you feel like you found a home with integrative medicine that's going to allow you to continue to enjoy the day-to-day -day practice life because of the tools you've added to your toolbox yeah yeah, yeah I um with the pain management um, protocols that we have as well, which are really, you know, pretty advanced. And with what I do, I have so many more tools. Yeah. Um, it's interesting when I look at the prescriptions that the other veterinarians use and the prescriptions that I use, you know, I have my little handful of drugs that I use, um, but I use all of my other medications. And so, I just don't use Apoquel, you know, I just don't use Atopica. Um, I rarely use steroids. And a lot of that has to do with the food therapy and the, the diet changes. Um, and I just, I just think that's, that's a difference that's developed. Um, the dogs and, and, well, not cats so much, but the dogs that I see that are eating a whole food diet, I don't see them for ear infections and I don't see them back for uh, skin infections. And um, they are happier when they come into the clinic rather than their owners dragging them in because, you know, they know something bad's going to happen. Um, yeah. For the most part, they, they like to come in, you know, yeah. they are like happy to see me instead of afraid. Yeah. And, and I think that that adds a component to a quality of, of our day-to-day -day job satisfaction, knowing that our patients enjoy <laughs> coming to visit rather than having a fear aspect. That's, that's a, a big factor to me in that I want to make sure that you're developing, that we are all developing lifelong comfortable partnerships, not just with our owners, but with our patients. So that, that to me is a big deal that your that your patients are really excited to come visit. Yeah. And then Jody, do you, would you say, um, that that because you've added additional tools so you don't you're not back to the corner when i graduated from veterinary school they you know 
they told us how you should treat environmental allergies and that was that. But what they didn't tell us was plan B, C, and D for what happens if those drugs don't work. And it didn't take, I think, you or I any more than a year to figure out, okay, the vast majority of our patients aren't responding like what I thought they were going to respond. Mm -hmm. Like, so what do we do now? And the cool thing about having additional training and part of the reason that you don't have to reach for those drugs that have those side effects is that you have other options that you've learned about after veterinary school. And that has provided you other options so you're not backed into the corner of using some of those drugs. So that's, that's a, a real light in the community you're in for providing options. And when you provide options, you're providing hope. Right, right. And, and the other thing, you know, speaking of options and hope are I – very rarely have to tell someone whose animal has cancer, I'm sorry, your pet has cancer. We just have to euthanize it or, you know, eventually there's nothing I can do. And it's, it's exciting to be able to say, yes, your cat or dog has cancer. Let's do this. Okay. Let's change the diet. Let's have you cook. Let's use medicinal mushrooms, um, you know, pain management, different options, acupuncture, those kinds of things. And I think those have also been some of my most satisfying cases, kind of coming back, you know, to my own dog, yeah. is the, the people come back, they come back for checkups, and they're happy because they are using food, you know, food is comfort. And they're able to provide that for their animal when it has cancer, and that really gives people closure and hope yeah. um, maybe not that their pet won't die but that they can give it that gift of love for the time that they have left and the quality of that time is better yeah yeah and that's exactly why I think integrative practitioners that has been the recurrent theme of every doctor that I've interviewed is that their desire to never have to say those words there's nothing I can do is so strong that it pushes them to learn new modalities, new insights, new techniques, new therapies, so that we don't have to say those words to our clients. Right. Jody, if you were to give um, a, a departing word or a tidbit or a thought to both pet parents and our conventional colleagues, what would be something you'd want to share with them? I think probably the most important thing um, that I would ask is to keep an open mind. Um, I think that conventional medicine has its benefits, but there's so many other things that we can do um, for the health and wellness of our pets um, to use in treating their diseases and their imbalances. And the clients that I have had that have had an open mind and listened to what I say, um, and, and what I ask of them is, be honest if what I'm saying to you, you don't want to do because that's just as important as their willingness to do what I suggest um, is to just keep an open mind because um, there's a lot of cool things out there. Yeah, yeah. Excellent advice. Dr. Jody Van Tine, thank you for sharing your insights, your history, your passion, and your professional evolution uh, into becoming an integrative veterinarian. You're inspiring to everyone around you. So thanks for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Karen. It was nice to meet with you.